William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on a Thursday. Cofield and Company, Thursday home throughout the year. On the road, ESPN Las Vegas getting ready for Thursday night football. A little more of a glamorous matchup as compared to uh, some of the recent games. Last week's game wasn't too bad. Tonight, a lot of stars, star quarterbacks, old, young, injuries all over the place, teams that need to turn the corner here because they've been very ordinary or below mediocre, Bucks and the Ravens. What's up, Willie? What's happening? Just got a text message. Uh-oh. Good or bad? All six bets are in. You just have you really this this, what do you mean, all? this ongoing Stop weekly remind of the influence that you have. Six plays, side and total for tonight's game. NBA, NHL, loaded, loaded up. I went six. three. I had six last night. I went three and three, and I won money because I had the lightning on the puck line to jack that price up. So, do you think this is what we're doing to the audience as well? I mean, we've been on a long time, so I assume, yes, I, it's a good, I assume they've listened to the show and the whole town isn't betting more because of us. It's getting to the point, Steve, that at some point during our show, maybe twice, we're going to have to give out, if you have a gambling problem, please contact da 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 <laughs> We have to do the 1-800-GAMBLER, which isn't funny, but you know. No, it's not. Because there are people who are problem gamblers. There is. I don't think it's our fault. No. I'm just saying that. No, it's no, it's not. I blame you for me, but it's not our fault for part of the show man it is it is it's it's you know what it is probably we probably don't do it enough here's the thing here's the thing guys like you and me we've been around i've been in this town i grew up in this town is where you learn essential rules one is you play with money that you can afford to lose you don't expect to win you 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 know you hope but you also understand and we're not doing this for a living. We're, we're doing what we're doing right now for a living, and I'm writing stories for a living. Yes. Otherwise, we would all be, you know, Billy Walters Jr.'s. We're, but, you know, he right. even admits, close friend of mine, he's admitted to me. He's like, I'm not a handicapper. I just know how to manipulate the line and, and have the capital to, to, to do what I do. I don't know what you bet, but I assume that all of us on the show are betting within our bankroll. Absolutely. There is a, I will tell you, there's a big problem now that this is one of the downsides of and we've had it forever so it's not a problem here hmm. but around the country where sports gambling is legalized there is a bit of a problem with a lot of the people who are doing radio mm-hmm. and tied in with sports books mm-hmm. um they're the dealer but they're using their own supply ah uh, yeah you know what i mean there are some people yeah. out there some tv and radio people who are real problem gamblers getting like it. like it's getting real bad no, 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 there's I, there's more than a few locally that i've known about over the years getting Real bad, and there's people around the country who are new to gambling. Yeah, I mean, if you, I don't like to lose. I don't, I'm cheap, so you know, I bet small amounts. Um, I just like to have a little action. But there's other That's people. It. I mean, that yeah. this, the, you know, we know, man. We've been here forever. Gambling in general is intoxicating, and if you don't have discipline, you know, you could be completely screwed. And yeah. then you can't chase your money either. That's the other thing. So right. we don't need to give a gambling lesson. We were just no, pointing no, out that yeah. Willie's gotten more into it now. That you pay attention a little bit more. And I know you've always been giving out picks and doing yeah. other side gigs. So it's Willie, it's Cofield, it's Silver Sevens. We actually have big NFL news in today from an injury standpoint. And this is so much of the season, Willie, is a war of attrition, right? Who's going to survive? Who's going to be at a peak, at least somewhat healthy, going to the playoffs? And now we've got a little longer season, 17 games. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bengals have been dealt a tough blow here. It looks like Jamar Chase, this just came across about 20 minutes ago. Yep. Their stud wide receiver, I would say one, you know, Maybe even including quarterbacks. One of the most, you know, 
10 most impactful, 15 most impactful guys in all of football mm-hmm. from an offensive standpoint. He's down with a hip injury. It's four to six weeks. The troubling part is he's seeing other specialists on it. So I don't know how serious it is. Hips are, are bad. Well, we know that. We saw it with uh, Bobby Leonard, with Robin Leonard. You know, we thought he could come back this year, maybe a couple of months into the season. And, you know, it turns out he's out for the year. We're going to talk a little Bo Jackson later in the show, probably. Um, and we know, you know, the hip ruined everything for Bo in baseball and football. So Jamar Chase is down for four to six weeks, probably a trip to IR. Bengals are off to an okay start. They're four and three. They play the Browns this week. After that, it's Panthers, at Steelers, at Titans, Chiefs, and Browns. So this is not a murderous part of the schedule. And, you know, the funny thing is, Willie, as we start to assess, you know, through seven games here, mm-hmm. what the AFC looks like. I mean, I knew it was going to be balanced, but it's the scary balance part is the teams that are underachieving. At four and three, you're not really in a dangerous position, even if you know if you thought you were going to go five and two, six and one coming out of the gates. Look at some of the teams around the AFC who have underachieved, right? I don't know if the Steelers were expected to be on a five or six win pace. I thought they'd be better. I picked them to win the division. They've been a disaster. Uh, Browns are only two and five, so the whole Deshaun thing is killing them. They're not surviving. Jaguars keep playing close games, but they can't win. They're two and five. Colts, who knows what happens now with Sam Ellinger, right? They're three, three and one. And Raiders and Broncos have been disappointing at two and four and two and five. And I think the Chargers are a bad four and three. So this is a conference where really everyone is in it. You got two favorites, the Chiefs and the Bills, but the next five teams that make the playoffs, I don't know. So in other words, I think the Bengals are fine. They have a, a good, deep receiving core. Uh, to win a Super Bowl, I think they need Jamar Chase, but they're not going to fall apart without him. No, you know, I mean, you mentioned, you know, their depth, and I think that's what makes that team pretty strong. Um, I mean, T. Higgins, obviously, he can step up. But the long term, I think they can get away with, you know, the his Jamar Chase absence. It's You mentioned the schedule, and you said, well – it's not. It's not murderers. You get, you get the, the Browns. Problem, you get the Browns twice. Right, but You're the playing pro- the Panthers who have given up. Right, but the problem is, the problem is in that division. As the weather turns, it doesn't matter who and a hey, Pittsburgh just beat Tampa. Right, I mean they're they're going to get they're, they're going to play a little more competitive. Tomlin's not going to allow them to just lay down. At Cleveland's not going to be easy. Um, they welcome Carolina to town. They get a bye week, which will help. They go to Pittsburgh. They go to Tennessee. Then they got Kansas City. Then they host Cleveland. That's not easy. AFC North thrown in there, a trip to Nashville and Kansas City. That's going to be tough. That's it's, it's, you don't say you say it's not Murder's Row. Um, you know, you're talking about teams that comes up with either come up with black and blue play. You know, some hardcore AFC North, and then Titans and Chiefs. Where you need that big gun, thankfully they have someone like T. Higgins to maybe step in, but it, it's not going to be as easy as it sounds. You mentioned the, the records. Um, I think we've seen some shocking sort of, you know, I don't know, developments the right word. Just, you know, just over the course of the first six, seven weeks in different divisions we didn't expect, and then the divisions we expected to be tough, they're not. So, I mean, that benefits them. I, I just think that at some point we're going to see a couple of teams here in the middle of the season catch their groove, go on a run, and those teams that are hanging around four and three, they need to break out and get some wins under the belt. Cincinnati's one of those teams. This is not an injury they wanted to see. They can get by, but they're going to have to pull off some victories. I think these next few games 
are uh, these next two games going into their bye week at Cleveland and Carolina are essential without Chase. They still got to step up and win those games. So Jamar Chase breaking news uh, down for four to six weeks. Hip issue, one of the best players in the National Football League. Tampa, you just mentioned the Steelers got them a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Tampa Ravens sent out on Thursday Night Football. I completely forgot where Carl Nassib was, yeah. is. Yeah. So what's going on with Nassib? Some charity stuff? Yeah, I guess a couple of years ago he, he had – he was doing some charity work when he used to play. You know, he was with the Bucks for his first stint with them, and he had said he was doing something in uh, just some charitable work, some volunteer work. And he's like, "Wow, you know, this facility, this juvenile detention center, is right near a facility with millionaires and billionaires, meaning the Bucks. Nobody even knows about it." So he created an app. He said this would make a great app. And over the course of time, he created an app to where you can pull up this app, raise, and Fine. You enter your locale, your zip code, right? You allow it to use your location on your device, and it'll let you know nearby facilities, organizations, whatever it may be, where you can volunteer. Um, so trying to do some greater good. Um, he, he mentioned how, you know, there have been different aspects of obviously him coming out that have helped, that have sort of inspired others, and he's had he's had fathers of other young men who have come out that have thanked him um, to sort of allow an acceptance, if you will. Um, so just, a, I guess, a different vibe in, in, in seeing how inspiring he's been to others through either volunteer work or coming out. So this story came out in which he's created this app and he's, done, he's doing some community work down in Tampa. And now um, you, you, look, you download this app to your phone and you can find a charitable or an organization or a place that needs volunteers. If you're looking to volunteer, do your work, do it anonymously, whatever it may be, or donate. The holidays are coming up. A lot of people in town, there's a local, um, I'm not going to put this person's name out there, but when this television sports personality got to town a couple of years ago, came to me and said, hey, I know that you're pretty dialed in. You've been here a long time. You sort of befriended me when I first got here, and I really appreciate it. Do you know of an organization? And this person and this person's significant other, I knew of a, of, a, of a house that is for males between 14 and 18. Because you think during the holidays when you donate stuff, what do we think of? You think of kids, the homeless kids, child haven. You think of battered women, right? They, they get coats and sweaters and shoes. Nobody really thinks of teenage boys. And I guess there's a house down on East Flamingo um, that these boys, these boys are getting ready for adulthood, and they send them out. And a lot of times, Steve, they ask for their Christmas wish list when they ask for charitable stuff, donations. You know what they ask for? Gift cards to Target and Walmart. And you know what the lady that runs that place said that they use them for? Toiletries, yep. toothpaste. The stuff that we used to take for granted in our stockings. We're like, oh, Mom, you're putting toothpaste in my stocking. These people, these kids, these young men use their gift cards they get for Christmas to buy toiletries and underwear and socks so anyway this person who moved to town and is a sports personality asked me and i said that and uh, this person and significant other they went and dropped off a big donation so there are yep. places and now there's an app now there's an app, now there's you an app where yeah. you can find yeah. people to help out causes to help out yep we're going to get into raiders and saints on the way back big game in new orleans before that though let's give away some elton john tickets elton john playing Allegiant on November 1st, fell, uh, farewell tour, final tour. Ticketmaster.com is where you get your tickets. Ari's got a pair right now, 364-1100. Caller number seven, Elton John's in town on November 1st. Grab your tickets for the Owl. Elton John. Daily Habit.
happy hour specials from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., including 277 for pint shots and margaritas at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. We use our own more than anything else. There is some data that I think at times is helpful when you're in a pinch and you're trying to hurry up and gather some information quickly. You know, we use some of that stuff I know in free agency and certain things like that. But during the season, I think it's mostly trust in what you see in your own grades based on practice in the end of the game. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Yeah, we'll do a little analytics talk with the Raiders in just a couple of minutes, but uh, looks like the news is in on the Saints. Weird, bizarre quarterback situation. Is Jameis good? Is he not? Is he hurt? I mean, we know he's hurt. When is he ready to come back? Probably going to be Dalton again on Sunday. Andy Dalton? Yeah, that's the word. They're sticking with Dalton over Winston for this game. Um, you know, and he played played well. I guess the defense sort of let them down against Atlanta last week. So it's a matter of whether this Raiders defense steps up. And, and I actually think it's a favorable situation for the Raiders um just considering the teams that it's gone up against I think that it can defend a guy like Dalton well and I think it can defend this defense even though it's in New Orleans um and the way that that played last week and the Raiders are coming off of a win um I I like this situation better than than Jameis Winston for the Raiders um, so, yeah, it looks like he's going to remain the starting quarterback for a fifth straight week. New Orleans lost five or six games. They've dropped two straight. Um, so I'm sure that they're going to come in with a lot of confidence in knowing that they're playing a team like the Raiders that has also has two wins. But uh, I think that the Raiders are much better than their record, more than I think the Saints are better than theirs. And you think Dalton's playing well? He had some pick six issues last week. No, when I he said threw for three sixty one, four touchdowns and three interceptions. Right, it's just that the defense let them down. I mean, Atlanta lit it up. Um, well, it was the Cardinals if I have the game right, right? Or yeah, 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 yeah the Cardinals, Cardinals, not the Falcons. Cardinals, yeah. A's, Atlanta, Arizona. Sorry. Uh, the Saints. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've averaged thirty one points per game during Dalton's four starts. After they were averaging seventy one during Winston's three starts. So he did. He threw three. Like you said, he threw three interceptions. Um, one of the passes went through the hands off a helmet, off of, of intended receiver Marquez Callaway. Um, another, it's which he was getting hit. Um, Dalton, one and three as a starter. So it's, it's you know, I, I think it's, it's advantageous for the Raiders with the rushing, with their defensive rushing up front. Um, I know that they're missing Nate Hobbs, but... I think in getting healthy, you know, there was there were a lot of names on the injury report last yesterday. I haven't seen today's come out yet. Um, actually, they're just getting started, I believe, or, or they're about to have media availability. So we'll get that injury report during the show. Um, but a lot of it was just basic, you know. A, a couple of, there were illnesses, non-COVID related, apparently, um, because they have to report that. That that's they have to. So right. I, I think they're just you know we heard that at the Golden Knights today. Keegan Colasar, hey, just everything's going around right now. So whatever's go- taking place, um, I just think that it's a good spot for the Raiders because I think that they're better off against a guy like Dalton than they are Winston in in, in a in a uh, dual threat sort of quarterback situation. And I think that Crosby and Jones and and that and Denzel Perryman, I think those guys up front are going to be able to really clamp down on this offense. What do you think of uh, Johnny Hankins getting traded? Business. 
You know, I mean, well, play on the field as well. Yeah, I mean, he's been so so. He and, has been so so. And I think they want to give the young guys a chance. They've seen some promise in some of the guys they drafted. Yeah, I don't know so how Hank, much it is. Hankins is, is on for basically for a pick swap. Yeah, and I think I think that's it more than anything. I don't. I don't. Th- I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much that they're they're trading Hankins. Looking at well, let's give the young guys. I think it's more so moving on. Um, get you know, and 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 picking and st- start stacking some picks. Getting some picks back, you know what I mean. I think that's I think that's the big thing in in that uh, they're just moving past him. They they have no use for him. They, it's they they see it advantageous to to move on and use what they have and move forward by looking ahead. They're they're sort of looking ahead. Trade deadline coming up. I don't know. I don't think that I don't think they're doing it to make room and they're you know. I'm not saying they're not going to bring anybody in, but I just think that they. You know, it was it was he was expendable. Let's put it that way. Would you like me to give you Jonathan Hankins' PFF numbers? <laughs> sure. Where's he at? Are you sure? What do they say? I see a story move across the wire. It was like the most anti-analytics thing I've seen in a while. What's going on with you? It was more. And then you got some of the Raiders to back you up. We hear McDaniel's coming back. McDaniel's saying, "Eh, we use a lot of our in-house stuff." Sure. It's like an assault on uh, analytics. It's outside the building, assault could, on PFF. What's time, going on? How could it Putting be, words in their mouth. How could it be an assault on analytics when it was more so that the players and the coach rely on their analytics rather than other people's analytics, knowing that their analytics are graded upon how they reacted to the plays that were called? As Josh McDaniel said, a cornerback could get beat, but he could be in a coverage that he was asked to be in where he normally wouldn't be in that coverage. That's normally not his spot. So he may be out of position based on his own coverage. So he drops in, he drops back, whatever the case may be. He moves over, and and now they run a play, but that's what we called. So the grade's going to go against him. But in our grade book, in our analytics, he did what he was told. That, so I'm going with coaches and team analytics. I'm just not. I'm going off. I'm not going to always buy into others that don't know the play, don't know the system, don't know the scheme, which we went over the other day. Do you think you truly think PFS, uh, PFF analysts have no idea of the scheme, the play? They don't know any of that. Uh, you you can't tell. I mean, I guess to your point to, about we don't know directly what was discussed between right, the player and right, the coaches, right. but I think they can pick up on scheme. They can pick up on scheme, but but when you say no idea, like you're making it sound like on every play they have no clue and they're just ignorant to football. No, that's not the case. What I'm saying is that they're grading in certain situations that it's that it can it tends to not be fair. If if I were to say that they're spot on in every single situation, I would have to say that no, that's not correct. I would have to say that they're probably eighty percent accurate based on what the true representation of what the play was and how they're grading the play. That's all. That was all. That was it. Yes, that whole conversation Monday drove me to saying, okay, Wednesday when I go in, I'm gonna, I want to ask. I want to ask first and see what the reaction is from the coach that's and a, the players. That's a good angle. Yeah, that's a good angle. I mean, uh, it, it wasn't did- knocking pro football focus. All it was saying was that the players, and I asked veteran and young guys, right. And and the the Denzel the and Deron Harmon they were like yeah, you know what at the beginning of my career we totally bought into it now I don't even pay attention to it uh, Devon Diablo Devon Diablo he's the beginning of last season and the start of this season one hundred percent in second year linebacker now doesn't even pay attention I want to know what the what the what the coach says 
So everything's inside the building. They don't want people outside well, it's looking the, at things. What, no, he didn't say he doesn't want them. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard. It's like saying, well, I don't want you looking at Twitter during the season. You're going to look at it. You're going to hear what people say, right? It's like Derek Carr and Paul Gutierrez at the beginning of the training camp, the whole thing with, well, if it doesn't matter, Paul, then why are you – or if it doesn't matter, Derek, why do you pay attention? You know, that kind of thing. It's, it's more so just – they know what they're looking for. They know what their coaches are asking them to do. If their coaches are asking, it's, it's, it's sort of like a sort of like a third base coach, right? If I tell you to run, you run. If you get thrown out, does that make him a bad base? Is that that's on him or out on the base coach? I, I mean, maybe you should work on your speed. Maybe you should do this. But if the base coach tells you to run, if your base coach tells you to swing. Join Cofield and company on Mondays for the live 2 to 5 show at Twin Peaks in Henderson. Big beers for under 4 bucks. Select appetizers are 2 4 and $6. Come hang at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and company. So just to follow up on the uh, analytics discussion, you know, Raiders saying, hey, we – more respect our in-house ratings versus what we see from outside. Uh, Devon Diablo is 55th at his position in the NFL at 79. Deron Harmon is 8th out of about 80 safeties. Paraman, I think, is, what, 17th at his position, if I have that correct. Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. The Raiders are 4th in the league in scoring at over 27 points a game, but they're 2-4. and four. So is this defense good? Because another analytic service, Football Outsiders, mm has the Raiders' defense as the 27th best defense in the NFL. That seems to all kind of blend together. If you're averaging 27 points a game and you're 2-4. and four, Well, there's a problem there. Yeah. A problem I mean, do, the Raider, do the Raiders think they have a top-10 defense? I wonder what their, what their ratings say. I don't know. I don't know what their in-house ratings say. I didn't ask them to break that down for me. Give them to me. I just wanted to know how. That would have been, been an yeah, interesting Yeah, hey, 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 McGann. So, Josh, where, where do you rank your defense? Yeah, are you guys yeah, in the bottom know, half of the league? I want to know where you're at. And he would have danced around that one, believe me. Now the thing Josh is, is good at that one. I don't know if he – do you think that they have grades on all the other teams or themselves? I their scouts probably take care of that, right? Because you got to have that's what their scouts do, right? So, that, so your scout for your team, you you all have a division, I would imagine, or you have, or maybe just for each opponent for the year. Um, on the whole, no, the defense. I mean, obviously they're not getting it done. I mean, the, Arizona, right? They faltered down the stretch, but there's also been. I, I would I would lean toward a few of those losses early on in the season. I go back to my conversations that we had on Mondays, play calling. Those first three, four games, I mean, why have they looked so efficient the past few? Josh Jacobs turning to the run, focusing on Josh Jacobs, setting up the pass. So, you know, the defense grades have them low, but, you know, the offense has come around since Josh Jacobs has been given the ball more. So, I mean... You know, and the the offensive line started out rate, uh, graded 28th, pro football focus, then 25th. Now they're 20th. Is that because they've gotten better? Or is that because Josh Jacobs is the number one ranked offensive player? I think they've gotten better. Okay. So it's more important for those guys to come in and hear with their offensive line, not not turn around Monday and go, what's pro football focus got to say? They want to come into their <laughs> meetings and say, okay, what's Cam got us at? What's Josh got us at, right? So, I mean, that's... I'm going to give you a time period. Okay. 
October of 2023 to March of 2024. Mm. Biggest sporting event on the ground here in Las Vegas during those five months. That's it. Well, October 23. Yeah. I guess it's six months to March of 2024. Uh, can I give you a one and one A? <laughs> I, want, I want number one. What is it? You know where I'm going with this. The Super Bowl is number one. The Super Bowl. I mean, it, I wonder it, from a money. You want to you want to go from you want to go from there to January. I'll give you what you're looking for, but you go to March. It's the Super Bowl. I wonder Under, from a money generated standpoint, and that includes gaming revenues. If F1 is bigger than the Super Bowl, is it's, that possible? I, mean, I guess it is conversational piece, but I don't think so. I mean, from I mean from everything, F1 is big, bro. I've seen it. I mean, I I saw what what it drew in in austin i saw the celebrities that came out i know how big it could be but the super bowl is it i mean the super bowl is going to generate a lot of revenue it's going to jo- generate a lot of audience it's going to draw generate a lot of advertising dollars i i would ge- i would i would venture to say that the hotel rooms and the advertising dollars we're going to see for the super bowl will be greater than f1 it'll be up there for f1 and and the tourism and the hotel dollar, sure. But I think on the whole, when everything is involved, when you're talking about Super Bowl week, when you're talking about restaurant money, when you're talking, you know, food and entertainment, the nightclubs. The you whole know, there, there is a whole discussion to be had. And, we'll, you know, as yeah, that well, time approaches. It's going to be fantastic to talk about. To talk to people who are actually in gaming yeah. and especially the folks who are on the floor, the dealers, because they have an idea, a general idea of which crowd is full of a bunch of schnooks and people who aren't going to play at all. And then how, when they make their money. There's and I can tell you, last year, there was a good amount of talk around the NFL draft yep. that that crowd was not a gambling crowd, and it turned out at the tables and for a lot of the dealers to kind of be a dead weekend. And that's my whole point on Super Bowl crowd, the kind of money's generated, F1, richest sport in the world, room rates. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day for the uh, first time around. Is that, the, no, is that the first time around? Yeah, it is the first time around. That's, that's going to be the first F1 here, right, because they're going to be here for three years. That... Uh, I was talking to someone who's like, oh, I'm just going to – I'll get a room at the Bellagio that faces the strip. You know what it will be, like 800 a night? I'm like, 800 a night? You got no shot. Room rates are going to be through the roof. Awesome giveaways and promotions all week long at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor, Xavier Pope, is live on Cofield and Company. Xavier Pope out of Chicago is up. We're here at Silver 7's getting ready for Thursday Night Football, 77 cent beers. That's a good deal. Xavier, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm very confused. I mean, I think I know what's going on, but maybe you can set us straight. There's so many layers to the... Kanye story. First off, let's start with the biggest part of it. Uh, well, the biggest part was the comments he made in the first place over and over and over again. But what'd you make of what Adidas did this week? We saw their stock price drop after a lot of attention. So they did the economic thing and moved forward and uh, basically called Kanye uh, his bad take saying that he could say anti-Semitic things and not be dropped by Adidas. Guess he was wrong about that. But um, they, they, they could have dropped him a long time ago. I mean, he had a series of different things that he's done, um, and finally they, they made a decision. I don't think what they did was very heroic. Um, they are late to the party. Yeah, and, you know, I want to go back to, to what he said and 
the lack of availability. This is something I talked about on yesterday's show that um, it's actually a little bit difficult for people to go back and, and find links and actually find what he said. You want to give in general what he said and why it was so upsetting and why it was deemed anti-Semitic? I mean, he talked about, I mean, it wasn't just what he said on air though, Steve, he, he tweeted. Yeah. He would go DEFCON three yep. Yep. on a Jewish community. I mean, you know, he, he, he was, he was multiple things that he said. Uh, and and he, 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 he was a series of rants that he gave on Drink Champs about the Jewish community. Um, and then on top of being offensive, saying that he could say offensive things about Jewish people and then nothing would happen to him. Um, but that's not, only this, that's not only what he said. He, he had a White Lives Matter shirt on. He said that slavery was a choice. Um, he... He's been offensive in every way possible to two different groups, African-American community, who, who believe that he should have been canceled before now. Um, and then you have what happened when he said anti-Semitic things and then also threatening that community to do something about it. Um, and pretty disgusting, a company that was in, from, originally from Germany, to do something like that. Um, and, 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 and that itself was an, a weird inference that he used in his double speak, that it was anti-Semitic in and of itself. Xavier Pope was with us. And then he pulled one yesterday. Like, I really do believe this is a self-destructive deal. I don't know what the end game is, but he's doing it on purpose. He's pushing the line. Because then yesterday, after Adidas drops him, he shows up with a camera crew at Skechers, and they're like, get out. And then they put out a statement, we don't want to work with you. What are you doing? Skechers, man. <laughs> I know. Sketchy. You gotta, it's, what he did was sketchy, but to show up at Skechers of all places, like Skechers is seen as a hip brand. I mean, do they? I, I have to look this up. Is there a current professional athlete that you know of that is like their signature shoe is a, a Skechers shoe? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Howie Long loves them. I know that from the commercials. If, if I uh, if I ever bought a pair, you're gonna like this one. I've never talked about this Long. on the air. Yeah, Howie Long man i know that's 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 kind of what the brand is for i mean you're right it's not it's not like some young hip brand um but i was just gonna joke i i won't buy sketchers because i don't know that i've ever you're gonna laugh at this one i'm so cheap i was thinking about it the other day i don't think i've ever spent more than 60 dollars on a pair of shoes in my life wait a minute how man ever. Like, you're a teenage as a teenager like it's almost like you're guaranteed to spend 150 bucks on, on several pairs of shoes. I never, I never cared. I never asked my parents for some expensive shoe. As I got older, I wasn't in the shoes. And you got to understand. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you. You saw me. You know, I'm 52, going on like 71. Like Xavier, I'm already past like caring about shoes. I'm ready to move on to Velcro here. Hey, what, I, the beige shoes with the Velcro too. Not just <laughs> yes. the regular yes. Velcro, Velcro and like. Any kind of knockoff slides that I can just slide my fat feet into. So the whole the 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 forty years of purchasing shoes over sixty bucks have passed, and now I'm on the other side. It's done. I, I gotta let's let's continue on Kanye because this is a really serious story. I saw Mike Freeman send out uh, the note. Hey, Kanye West, a black man, should know better than to be trafficking in hate. Explain that. Yeah, great article, Mike Freeman, uh, NFL. Uh, he's been a writer now. He's an editor of, of, of uh, social for culture there over at USA Today. 
um, and always has something really great to say on Twitter. We interact a lot of times on the platform. But he wrote a piece and said this was a different type of article he was writing. He said that you know, Kanye West, understanding that the, you know, totally is a black racist and anti-Semite, and understanding how Bell, his words can be used um, in this modern era of increased open racism and bigotry. You know, you saw what happened. The, the, the group hangs the banners over the 405 Expressway. Kanye was right. You know, just, just other racist displays that they were, anti-Semitic displays that they were showing. And he basically talked about, you know, Kanye mis- misabusing, uh, abusing his platform. Something I said to, and to the Chicago Tribune that was posted a week ago. Um, and how it, it, it's just damaging for him to be used as a tool and know it. I mean, what are you doing? And it, it, and the, 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 it can't go back to mental illness. I think that, you know, Mike Freeman talked about that. He said, hey, listen, you have to be held accountable for his actions. And it just using the platform has so much power to do so much. And that's why you're saying that pulling back. So you don't have that same influence, the same power to be able to spread hate like that. Speaking to Xavier Polk, Xavier, I want to I want to get into the the racial aspect of this because I yeah. I was listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max the other morning right after this broke, and I Keyshawn, Max Kellerman started talking about it, and he said every time he introduced the story, he goes, "And I am a Jewish man," and Keyshawn twice apologized <laughs> to him. On behalf of Kanye, like he was apologizing, and Jay Will and Max were like, "What do you apologize for? What do you apologize for? as a black man?" And you know, it, I got what they were saying. Like, you don't have to worry about, you know. But I almost understood because back in 2020, when the world shut down and I regenerated my website, um, we were in such social unrest, right? The George Floyd issue, and then the Breonna Taylor, and I uh, Turner. I wrote a story. I wrote themes, and I wrote one about social injustice. There were three different themes on my website every single month. One was personal, one was on a national level, was was a local in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And the reason I did local was because I got my start in the journalism industry in the black community. I spent seven, eight years in the black community writing about you know, uh, sports and, and the community news in historic West Las Vegas. So my article, in a sense, was almost, not apologetic, but it was like, hey— I, 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 I'm not a black man, so I can't, I can't say that I know, but I've been, I was through the Rodney King riots as an advocate for the black community. So I, I almost understood why Keyshawn was apologizing. I, I guess I'd like your opinion, Justin. Like, do you feel misrepresented by Kanye West where you need to apologize? Do you understand where Keyshawn was coming from? What's your thoughts on that? Kanye West is not representing Xavier Pope. He doesn't represent the African American community. Yep. He doesn't represent of Chicago. He doesn't represent the south side of Chicago. He doesn't. He, he represents himself, and he should be held accountable for his words for himself. And when we, if if I had a, a, a pattern of thought and opinion that aligned with Kanye West, then maybe Kanye West West does speak for me. And I think that that's what you. So, and not instead of the apology that 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 Keyshawn Johnson should be sharing, it should be the people who are spreading hate on the back of Kanye West. Who should be apologizing? Who are saying Kanye West is right? Like these idiots over the four hundred five, and like, uh, like other political parties and political candidates, or someone like Tucker Carlson using that as a way to push anti-Semitic and racist uh, either overtones or undertones in their programming. And one thing I have to say about this is that 
they're, they're talker, people like Taco Carlson are being paid tons of money to, to, to spew lightly or heavy-handed anti-Semitic and anti-black propaganda on their networks every single night with sponsors, and they're still on air. And so like Kanye West, who rightly should be getting taken care of, is a different standard for him as a black man than as a white man at Tucker Carlson. I do think it's interesting. We're talking to Xavier Pope, attorney out of Chicago. He's on with Cofield and Company every single week, host of Suit Up News on Twitter. It's interesting how, I mean, it did happen pretty rapidly the last two or three weeks. The Brett Favre saga has been going on for months and months, and some people will tell you it's been going on for years because there was some early reporting on him, you know, scamming the state of Mississippi. Copperfit finally dropped him. Why is it taking so long for Brett Favre to be in the spotlight as a terrible person, robbing money from the state and potentially poor people, while Kanye took like two or three weeks? Is it the obvious? It's obvious that the first thing uh, is that Brett Favre is a rich white man who supports and has supported the racist president, Donald Trump. That, that's just it's just simple. He, he supported him. He's been next to him in his golf course. He is in a state, a red state, where people love people like Brett Favre and Donald Trump. And he was working with uh, the political party that was friendly to him at the particular time. And so I think that it took a, it took a while for this to unravel. I think for the public's consciousness to come around to a, a place to see all these things pile on top of each other, to see that. And I think that's why I take it from Brett Favre uh, to, to, to get a hit like that as opposed to something that's in the open. And I think, uh, rightly, there's a different standard, but we also have to consider the time and how they're relayed. That you have to have these text messages that were released that we saw become public between themselves and other government officials that we didn't see. And they, we didn't see those things happen in real time, uh, or at least close to real time, as we saw with Kanye West and Drink Champs and some of the different things he did the Balenciaga show you know, TMZ with with the slavery was a choice. So these are things you're seeing and you're witnessing. We didn't per se witness what Brett Favre did. It's the uncovering of what's happened and also the lengthy aspects of the legal system bringing some of the people that are connected to them into account. Xavier Pope, uh, I want to talk about the NBA a little bit and what we saw early in the week with a pretty intense game between the Suns and the Warriors. And we discussed yesterday, one of our hosts, uh, one of the company members, Adam Candy, was saying that – Clay Thompson getting thrown out kind of makes the Warriors look like they're punching down and wounded animals and, and lacking some confidence right now and having to throw up the fours repeatedly. What do you make of what happened the other night with the Warriors kind of coming unraveled and getting their ass kicked? Certainly in the, in the, in the NBA season, I, I think that Charles Barkley said this rightly on Inside the NBA. Uh, inside the, uh, NBA. He said, when well, you are a champ, those first oh, – actually, sorry, it's Keith Smith. He said that the first 15, 25 games of the season – you're getting every fan, every city, every team up for you night after night. So, you know, your first part of your season is basically like, a play, like you're playing in the playoffs, and you may not necessarily be at that level as a team, but you can feel that intensity from other teams. So you may have teams that come have a, a championship, uh, a little hangover, and you see a, a team like Phoenix that people thought uh, may take a step back actually playing well. And so this is – uh, a rival in the Western Conference, and these are things that have happened. No one's, no one's fighting and punching each other. These, these are guys getting into it, and that's what you want to see as a basketball fan. We had a wacky story coming out of Kansas City, and, you know, these offers are made all the time with uh, 
golf tournaments, you know, amateur golf tournaments, whatever, scrambles, um, where you can win a, you know, gigantic prize if you get a hole-in-one. Did you see this one out of KC where a hole-in-one prize winner uh, sues the country club because uh, they refused to give him the truck after he made a hole-in-one? Yeah, I saw that. It was, it was on the 10th hole of a, of a, of a golf uh, course, and they apparently they, you know, as you have these tournaments where you give things away. And you, I've, I've been, you, you probably played in them tons of times, Steve, where they yep. have a car dealership that sponsors a particular hole. Doesn't necessarily mean they're giving up a car, but they may sponsor a particular hole, or they may give certain prizes, you know. And so this golf course uh, apparently said, "Hey, win a win a car." The guy takes a picture next to the car, and the dealership said, "We didn't give them any permission to be able to do that." And you know, the guy has a, a potentially has a case because there was an entrance fee, and so when you have an entrance fee. That looks at, that looks more of that that prize as that's an inducement to be able to pay that fee. Um, ultimately, um, you're going to see some sort of insurance claim, maybe back and forth between the golf course uh, and the in the car uh, in the dealership, or you may see some sort of a cross suit between them to bring them into the suit to ensure that doesn't happen. So, uh, too bad for the guy who's going to have to fight for that car, but he definitely has uh, a strong suit in front of him. That's what I was going to ask you, which you just touched on, is because is, who's going to be liable? It just the, the truck, the dealership saying it was there for display, the country clubs promoting it as a prize. So, I mean, ultimately, if, if, they're, if, if they have the actual – there's something in writing. When, you, when you're a dealership and, and you provide that stuff, there's a contract involved. There's a marketing contract. There's an advertising, whatever it may be. Um, it sounds to me like the country club who put the tournament on is going to end up being going to have to pay the price either for a car or something. They, they might be on the hook because the thing about it is some of those arrangements are very are verbal, right? Um, so especially some of those um, you know those smaller uh, tournaments or small golf courses where the, the relationship they have between the local businesses might be a little bit informal, so they don't really memorialize those those things, and so. Uh, it puts them in a, in a bad position if there isn't anything for them to evidence that this is what was provided and they falsely advertise and, and said that, hey, we're going to give away this car. What do we got coming up on Suit Up News? And check out at Xavier Pope, E-X-A-V-I-E-R-P-O-P-E, hashtag Suit Up News to see the latest episode. Uh, we have so much that's going on in our politics and sport. Early in NBA season, got an NFL season, got some different storylines going on right now. Particularly what happened with Donna Sports, some of the athletes leaving for Kanye West, and questioning, like, I didn't even know that this was something that was that entrenched into pro sports was Donna Sports in the first place. Yeah. Did you think uh, some of the guys should have stuck it out, or did they make the right move in the case of Jalen Brown and Aaron Donald? Hey, come on. These, these, these guys, they have to be very, very cognizant of their brand. Things can turn soft, south on the move real quick. They had to make a quick decision. Xavier, have a good weekend. Thanks, man. Love you guys. Say it. Love you guys. Okay. No. All right. You weren't ready? I wasn't sure. Usually last week at JVT just said it for the both of us. Yeah. So you, he was the lead. You're the lead. Uh, last couple seconds here this hour. Keyshawn apologizing, I, I think it's stupid. Just well, like it would just be like I, I'm not, any, I would any never Jew, use any, that word. I, let me I'm finish. not using word suit. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Stupid might be harsh. Maybe at a moment of weakness. Trying to bring about some peace and harmony. 